Welcome back. It's that time again. It's time for another podcast. Episode number 16 officially of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin. It's awesome to be back. There is a shit ton of stuff going on that I want to get you caught up on. And uh, this episode is going to be a competition recap episode. And I'm going to, the best of my ability, sort of recap uh, what happened not quite two weeks ago in Charlotte, North Carolina, when I competed in the Victory Classic, which is an MPC national qualifier show, which in doing so uh, gave me the ability to go to nationals in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on July the 22nd is when that show will be. And uh Spoiler alert, I won both my classes, which does officially qualify me to go, so I'll be on my way to that. But before we get started, and I'm just kind of winging it and flying blind here, my two of my major co-hosts, Jason Marlowe, is sitting on a beach in Mexico, so screw you, Jason, and Ryan Gant is sitting on a beach somewhere else, I think off the coast of North Carolina, South Carolina, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know where the hell he is, but he's he's not here, which, you know, so screw you, Ryan. And uh, so it's, you just got me today. So I'm just going to sit here and talk about myself. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can hang through that, then uh, God bless you. Um, but before we get started, uh, you know, I was sitting uh, behind my computer this morning, answering a couple of questions, chit-chatting with a few online clients, doing what I do here at the gym. And I get this notification from the uh, the basically the 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 company that hosts this podcast, and then distributes distributes it out to all of the major podcast platforms out there. You know, iTunes, Spotify, and and all those guys. But uh, it, it goes on to inform me that uh, we have exceeded thirty thousand downloads in under twenty episodes, which is really not bad. I was kind of like, what? I had actually been telling people that I thought it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 and I thought I was being generous, you know, but uh, we're over 30,000. It's like 32,000 downloads. And the cool thing about that is, is a lot of people don't even download them. They just stream them. So, you know, if we've got 31,000 downloads, then there's probably considerably more than that, just uh, people streaming. So the the point of this is that, uh, first of all, thank you. It's just, I'm stunned blown away because as I've stated in the past, when I started the ketogenic bodybuilding brand, when I discovered that this was a viable thing that you could do amazing work to the physique and uh, you could build a stage worthy competition body doing this hybrid cyclical ketogenic hardcore bodybuilding approach, I never thought it would just skyrocket like it has. So uh, all this to say, thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my, bottom of my heart. I'm humbled beyond measure. I, 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 this, none of this would be happening without your support, your love, your, 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 your genuine, you know, uh, just outpouring of support that I've gotten. And I love the fact that people are getting on my ass saying, you know, when's the next podcast? When are you going to release some t-shirts? When are you going to release some hoodies and whatever? But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, making this podcast so successful so fast. And in such, I'm going to make this a weekly thing no matter what. If i got to do it by myself, if I've got to do it in the backyard, if I've got to do it wherever, uh, this thing's going to get launched uh, every week, you know, barring something insane happening. And in fact... I'm going to take my handy dandy little recorder here and my mic to Pittsburgh, and I'm going to be doing a special podcast episode from the Airbnb uh, in Pittsburgh as we're getting ready and making those final adjustments to do that nationals thing where I can get up there and uh, basically compete against the best old men in the country. So that's what I'm going to do. But anyway, I want to ask you guys a favor since there's so many of you out there. I want to ask you a favor. If you like what I'm doing, if you like the podcast, um, I need your help. Um, Instagram is where the bodybuilding and fitness world is gathering. Um, Facebook is great. Our Facebook group is fantastic. Um, But the bodybuilding uh, and fitness world is really gravitating towards the Instagram medium. And so 
I'm really trying to build a presence there because if we can build a stronger presence on Instagram, there, there are keto gurus, air quotes, gurus out there and, and other coaches that um, have, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 followers on Instagram that, uh, you know, are giving out a lot of information that I would call far from uh, legit. And I want to take what we're doing to another level and get what we do out to the masses. And Instagram is one of the top mediums for that. So please, if you don't mind taking a moment, going to your Instagram, if you don't already follow me, and that is instagram.com slash at the real Rob Goodwin, the real Rob Goodwin. So please go to Instagram and hell shit, open a freaking account if you don't have one just to follow me and help me out. Let me push this thing through the roof. The podcast is going nuts. Let's take the Instagram account there as well so we can really get the word out and spread the word. And uh, what I'm also going to do is this. I've got I'm, I'm looking at two giant boxes full of brand new ketogenic bodybuilding T-shirts. Um, I'm waiting for my online store to be done so I can get those babies up and so you can get them in your hot little hands. But what I'm going to do is is I'm going to randomly select uh, two people uh, that follow me on Instagram uh, randomly and uh, I'm going to send you a free t-shirt. So follow me on Instagram, and then that will immediately have you in the running for a ketogenic bodybuilding t-shirt. You'll be one of the first to have one before anybody else. And plus the fact that I just uh, really, really appreciate the support and it really helps push the cause of what we're doing. So please go to at the real Rob Goodwin on Instagram, give me a follow. I'm gonna thank you in advance for that. Uh, you guys rock. So onward. We're going to move through the podcast now. Anyway, so recap um, the competition. Uh, back on the 19th, I did the Victory Classic, which, as I said, is an NPC, National Physique Committee, National Qualifier. And if you're not familiar with bodybuilding and bodybuilding circles, the NPC is kind of like the minor leagues of the pros. The IFBB is the the pro leagues of bodybuilding. And that is like, say, the NFL, <laughs> you know, in comparison. And uh, the NPC would be kind of like the minors. You're an amateur, and then uh, if you're if you are able to win your class at a national level competition, then you would earn a pro card and therefore the right to be an IFBB professional. Now, this is not the reason I'm doing this. Uh, I do all of my competition just truly, truly to be a better coach. If I walk through fire and I go through the process and I take my geeky brain through this entire endeavor and I apply it to myself meticulously, and if I can do this at a high level, compete against the best of the best in, in the amateur ranks, do well, win classes, compete, the experience that I gain translates to you, uh, makes me an even better coach. It, it even it takes my 25 years of experience of working with people in the trenches, and it broadens that and expands that greatly. So. Uh, I do this for you guys. Um, I do love the lifestyle. I love the honor that I am able to have a place in this bodybuilding industry at my age and to be making a mark in it and contributing to it and, and just be involved in it around the people and seeing clients step on stage and literally shed tears of joy and, and realizing that they have, you know, just sort of transformed themselves and entered into a world that so few people will ever experience and get to know and understand. And, you know, it's such a hard journey. It's so much work. It's so much dedication. It's so much sacrifice. But when you get through that and you stand on that stage and you go through that process and you know that you're doing something that just nearly almost no one, you know, 99% of the population will never do or have, even have the ability to do. It, it just puts you someplace, it, it puts you in, in, a, in a greater place. And I love being part of that process. I, I get far more emotional and proud when a client 
walks through that competition process far more than myself. And I also do it for my family. You know, I want to be a good example to my grandson and my children. And I want to make my wife proud because, you know, she's so awesome at helping me. So, you know, it's just such a great world to be in. And that's why I do it. So uh, to be able to take it to the national level and to compete against the best of the best is, is truly an honor. And guys, I just want to make you proud. And so following along my journey, I really, really appreciate that. So anyway, I'm going off into the weeds here. I apologize. Let me dial it back in. So so uh, not quite two weeks ago, um, I had been, you know, obviously, if you've been following following along and you, the last special edition podcast was the peak week episode where I sort of outlined uh, some of the things that I would be doing in the final week before stepping on stage in Charlotte to compete. And a lot of that went according to plan. Uh, a few adjustments were made and honestly, and, and I wish I could explain this further, I truly do just trust my instincts on a lot of this stuff. And I do have, you know, people around me that give me their input, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's, you know, I trust my instincts, I know my body, uh, I, 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 the more that I do this and the more experience I get, the better I, I am at this. And so the goal number one for this particular show, well, A, it was to truly get qualified so I could go to nationals. And I was confident that I could do that. I was confident, you know, I've, I've won my classes, you know, in, in the North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, market, you know, in 2019. I felt like I had the work ethic and the structure and the you know ability to do it again. So, you know, you do have to carry a certain level of confidence into these things and and, and I think I did. And uh, so going into that week when I left my house to head to uh, we got a condo uh, from from a client actually uh, in Charlotte in downtown Charlotte when I left my home that would have been on that would have been on uh, Thursday. No. Yeah. Thursday morning, we left. I weighed 207 pounds. Very, very lean. Extremely lean. Not very full. It was very flat, which that's to be expected because you've depleted carbohydrates. You've depleted muscle glycogen. Your muscles are flat. They're not full. There's nothing in there to fill them up, to push them out against the skin, to create that saran wrap around muscle kind of appearance. So I knew obviously that we would have to be carbon those babies up. Uh, and the plan was to carb them up on Friday, which we did. So, and uh, not too much changed. So when we got to Charlotte, um, I stayed the course on Thursday still kept eating, you know, fish and chicken breast and egg whites and just leafy vegetables, um, a little bit of almond butter to get a little bit of healthy fat in there, but still depleting the shit out of myself. And then made the call on Friday to start carving up at about 11 o'clock. So I got up that morning and I had, you know, egg whites. <laughs> and then I think I had a protein shake about two hours after that. And then at 11 o'clock, we started the process of carving up, which um, if you listen to the peak week episode, I like to use a lot of dry carbohydrates. I don't like to, to, to put too much, um, you know, heavy carbohydrates into my body. Uh, I want to stay tight in the waistline. I don't want to have too much bulk. And I want those carbohydrates to assimilate quickly and absorb quickly into my body, go in and replenish that mu muscle glycogen and then pretty much be gone. So, I did have um, some cream of rice, and if you're on my Instagram, which I'll be documenting even more going into the Nationals show in Pittsburgh, I, I documented a lot of the stuff that I did eat that, that day, that Friday. Um, I had this fantastic concoction that I love where I take uh, Animal uh, Whey, the, the company Animal Pack. Uh, they make the best tasting whey on earth. So I did make a serving of cream of rice and I took uh, a scoop of the animal whey. I think I had the chocolate chocolate chip or maybe it was the brownie batter. And I mixed that in with the cream of rice after it came out of the microwave and it made this wonderful chocolatey cream of rice kind of a thing. And I literally took like a handful of cocoa pebbles and uh, sprinkled them on top as like this crunchy little topping. So dry carbs, 
fast acting carbs. The cream of rice does, you know, it acts quick into the body. The, the cocoa pebbles, you know, you've got the whey, which, you know, gets through the system fairly quickly as well. Um, I had uh, about every hour and a half, I would have a rice cake. Uh, and then my other secret wef- weapon is uh, frozen waffles. You know, you get the, like the Eggo frozen waffles, dry carb. You can just literally eat it, you know, in your hand like a damn cracker. Uh, or one of them, I, I had a little bit of sugar-free syrup on top of it. I don't want to take in too much at one time. So that's the kind of stuff I ate throughout the morning. So I would have dry carbs every couple of hours. And then I started, I was starting to fill out, starting to fill out, but still looked a little flat still. So made the call to uh, that evening, we went for it and I had a burger and fries, right? right, Like it was like six o'clock. And I'd backed off on water about four o'clock. Now I'm not one of these people that manipulates water, uh, takes in tons and tons and tons and then stops it all. Um, I'd been, I just consistently took in the same amount of water I always do up until about four or five o'clock. And then I backed it off to just, you know, little sips here and there just to dry out a little bit, nothing crazy. I do no sodium manipulation whatsoever. Salt is critically important. Uh, it gives you fullness. Um, and I've never had any success with depleting sodium and then loading it. There's no, I've never seen a difference with my athletes or myself. So I kept sodium the same, lots of pink salt. And so I knew I needed to really fill out a little bit more. So I had a big nasty burger and fries at this fantastic little uh, burger joint in Charlotte called Cowbell, I think. It was fantastic. And uh, so I woke up, uh, went to bed that evening. That's all I had was the burger and fries after that. And then I went to bed, woke up the morning of the show and was considerably fuller. Oh, and I'm getting ahead of myself. The thing, the point I was trying to get at is I was bringing in those carbohydrates on uh, Friday and we went to the hotel, the the official hotel of the competition to do weigh-ins and check-ins. So I checked in, got my number, got all my stuff. You know, they double check the registration and then you weigh in to just to verify that I did make the heavyweight class, which has never been an issue for me. I'm kind of right in the middle of the range, so I don't have to worry about making weight. And I weighed in at 212.6. So when I got to Charlotte, I was 207. And just by carb loading up on Friday with those dry carbs, I put on over five pounds. Now what that five pounds is, is just your muscles loading with glycogen, pulling water from the surface of the skin into the muscle to, to fill you out, to sort of expand those muscles with glycogen, push those muscles up against the skin to give you that full but dense and striated appearance. So, you know, another feather in the cap for carbohydrates. So, you know, for all those uh, zealots out there, no carbs, I'm I'm keto, I'm keto, you should fat load. Well, number one, fat loading is not a thing. Uh, Fat loading is stupid and it has no place in bodybuilding for 99% of us. You know, I've seen people that have done nothing but fat uh, and fat load before a competition. And I've seen some guys that look good, but they still had a smooth appearance. They still looked a little soft and watery. And uh, if they had taken a moment to, you know, bring in some carbohydrates at that moment, at that time for that specific purpose, they would have looked considerably better. But they don't want to hear that because they have to stick to this ideology that they've pigeonholed themselves into for marketing and business or whatever. And the great thing about what I do is, is I've never done that. I'm going to tell you what works. You know, I have no bizarre emotional attachment to any of these things. I just simply tell you what works. And there is a time and place for carbs. And you know that if you've been following me. So for the better part of most days, I'm extremely low carb a big fan of healthy fats, especially animal-based fats from meats and eggs and healthy oils and almond butter and things like that. And in the off season, I take it a considerable amount of fat and I still stay very low carb except for around my workouts and on a refeed day. But I don't wanna get ahead of myself because the next Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast, go ahead and let you know, is going to be my official carbs episode because there's so much confusion out there still 
about carbohydrates and I still get attacked by these zealots out there and uh, the keto Kennys out there. And I'm going to set the record straight and walk you through why carbs are not the enemy and how if you use them uh, in the right types and the right amounts at the right times and the right frequency, they can be a valuable tool out of your toolbox to help you accomplish certain things. And if you do it right, those carbohydrates will not spill over and affect you in a detrimental way. So I look forward to that episode, so stay tuned, all right? So back to this podcast, the, re- the recap episode. So anyway, so I carved up, uh, started carving up with the dry carbs, and that took me from a body weight of 207 to 212.6 just by putting some of those dry carbs into my body alone. In the past, listen, I don't care who you are, even me, the guy that believes in carb loading before a competition as much or more than anybody on earth, you still get scared. You still doubt. You always do because you know you have been killing yourself for eight, nine, ten months and you don't want to fuck it all up just a few hours before the competition by taking in too much, too little, the right, not the right types or whatever because you're always worried about, you know, spilling over and, you know, looking watery or whatever. So it is a chess match. And what I've learned since competing, you know, you know, can almost consistently since 2014 is that my body, because I deplete so much and I have so much metabolic flexibility and because I, I go through refeeds and depletions constantly, my body just works with carbs so well because it understands what I'm trying to do with them. I use them and they're gone. I use them and they're gone. I use them for a specific goal. And then I make sure that they don't spill over and store as body fat or affect me in a a detrimental way. So I put on, oh, you know, over, over five pounds just by that initial dry carb load. And then I had the burgers and fries. I woke up the morning of the show looking fuller for sure. Definitely for sure. I looked much better than I did on uh, Friday. And I looked considerably better than I did on Thursday or the days prior. So my first thing that I had that morning is I had some more, you know, dry waffles. I had uh, just a tiny serving of egg whites, little bit of protein, and then protein was done. There is no, there is no need for protein the day of the show. And there's very little need for protein the day before the show. You're not trying to really repair cells and tissue. You should be fully recovered. Workouts should be considerably easier. Uh, Leg day was a week ago. Uh, There's really no need to saturate the body with amino acids. The goal of, you know, Friday and Saturday is literally just to carb load and bring in a little bit of healthy fats because the fats and the sodium work with the carbohydrate to help push out the muscle and refill it and make it pop and make you look, you know, have that nice combination of cut and lean and dry and peeled and that muscle fullness that makes you look like a fucking bodybuilder. Okay. So I had a little bit of egg whites. Um, I think I started it off with another small serving of cream of rice. And then I went to nothing but dry Eggo waffles. I went with rice cakes and almond butter. And I did this literally every hour to an hour and a half. I would take in some of these carbs. I would pose in the mirror, push those muscles, push that water around, fill those muscles up, see how I looked. And it, it just kept getting a little better and a little better. And then uh, just kept that with that process, got to the theater. It was a beautiful theater where the show was held. Still kept nibbling on some rice cakes uh, at the athletes meeting. And, you know, and then we got backstage and things moved rather quickly. Uh, It's such a well-run show and uh, amazing promoter. Uh, I've done his shows before and uh, it was KD Promotions, fantastic promoter out of the Carolinas. Uh, NPC Carolinas does a remarkable job. I think they're one of the best in the country. And uh, so we get backstage and once I you know, have a really good idea of when I'll be going on stage, I about 15, 20 minutes prior to that, I start pumping up. So I've got some bands back there with some handles. So I go find my own little spot and I start pumping up. My wife is back there with me. Um, she gets this wonderful opportunity to slap this stuff on me called hot stuff. And this hot stuff is this vasodilator, you know, spray 
that uh, has almost like, you know, spraying freaking atomic fireballs on somebody. So she sprays that on me and it's, it's hot, you know, it warms up your skin, but that makes your veins pop. It makes you more vascular. So she's slapping that on me and you literally slap it on and it makes those veins pop to the surface of the skin. So she's having a blast beating the piss out of me backstage with this hot stuff while I'm pumping up and getting everything ready. Um, I go to the fantastic uh, staff uh, that's back there that helps with tanning and oiling and they check me out and give me the once over and touch me up, make sure my oil looks good, my tan looks good and everything's going well. So at that point, I know that I'm you know, just 10 minutes, 15 minutes out. So I eat two Rice Krispies treats. Mmm. Best thing I've had <laughs> sugary in a while. Almost as good as the burgers and fries I had the night before. Um, so yeah, I ate two of those because it's super fast absorbing. You got the marshmallows, which is basically just a glop of sugar. that's gonna burn very quickly and absorb into the muscles. And then of course you've got rice, Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies are also very fast assimilating into the body. So I get a whack of fat and sugar, goes into my muscles, pumps me up, and then bam. You go out for the prejudging. So we go out for the prejudging. I go out with my first class. You go out with your class. The judges start calling. You know, you're lined up with your competitors. They call the mandatory poses. There's seven of them. So you're standing up there with your class. Everything's flexed. You're hoping to God you don't catch a cramp and fall down. Uh, so I'm working, you know, they'll call out, you know, front double bicep, turn to the right, you know, what you, you know, first you do your quarter turns and then they kind of check you out and then they have you go through the seven mandatory poses. So at that point is really where you're being judged. The pre-judging is where you're actually judged. And that's, they pretty much decide at that point who's going to win that class. So I go through that and then I come back off stage, uh, up comes my wife running backstage since she's out in the crowd during the prejudging, uh, her and my buddy Melvin, who's been competing and has even done some judging for 30 years, they tell me, you need to do this, you know, do this, pop that leg, pull that out, do this, you know, so they, they sort of critique how I did on that first run. I make those adjustments for my next class, um, go out and pose again, and then, uh, you know, that's done. Uh, they run the whole show through at once now. They used to do like a morning prejudging and then they do a night show, which sucked because you'd have to sit all afternoon and then come back. I like this new format because you, you go through the prejudging and then they take a intermission and you come back and you do your individual routine, which is just simply a 60 second posing routine to music. So I did that. You only have to do it once, even though I was in multiple classes. And then after everybody's done their thing, you come out and you see who won each class. So I come out with the uh, 50 plus masters, which was a tough class. There was like seven of us guys were very, very conditioned. And uh, I won the class um, and I, I feel like I won it because I just had better structure. I think I had a more balanced physique. Some of them were just as peeled and conditioned, but I just had, you know, so much in bodybuilding comes down to genetics and being able to, you know, work with the structure that you have through your training and your nutrition to maximize it and present it properly. And I just felt like I had the, the better structure. I had the wider shoulders and the smaller waist and a nice quad sweep. And so I was fortunate enough to win that. So that made me happy. And then I went out with the open heavyweights. And I'm going to be honest with you, the open heavyweight class uh, was one of the first times where I walked out. And I knew I had it. And this, the open heavyweight is all ages, which I don't know if it's a work ethic thing with the younger people these days, but the, the guys I was going against were half my age and they just didn't diet. They just did not suffer. And it was apparent. And so I would have liked to compete a little harder against a little stiffer competition, especially the younger ones. But, um, it's one of the first times that I went out confident that I had that class and I did, and I won the, the open heavyweight. So I got what I went there for. Okay, so I'm qualified. I got two first places, open heavyweight and 50 plus masters. So I'm happy, you know, in my home state where I live, you know, things couldn't have went better. It was just a wonderful weekend all around. So now the work begins again. So what did I do? I, uh, after the show, we went out and went to the same burger joint and, uh, a big group of us, I got the burgers and fries 
again, and I got this giant order of onion rings because I love onion rings. So that was the deal. So it was a great weekend. I'm qualified. Uh, fast takeaways from this show. This show, I have certain goals for the first show. And that was, it was truly carb loading. I, I knew I needed to take in more carbs than I ever have because every time I do a competition, I carb load, I get scared, I dial it back, I don't take in enough, and then a day or two after the competition, I look ridiculous like I'm carved out of granite and I look amazing, full, ridiculous, peeled, whatever. I did take in more this time. I probably took in, if I had to guess, somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 grams of carbohydrates on that Friday and uh, probably two or 300 more grams that Saturday morning before I stepped on stage. Here's the takeaway. Now from the waist up, it's the best I've ever looked in terms of conditioning. My back was peeled. I've, I've, I've had some trouble with lower back before. I mean, I had no love handles. I had a Christmas tree, that little you know, area just above you know, your waist and your lower back. I mean, it looks like a little Christmas tree because it's so lean. I had more definitions and striations running all the way up and down my back. There's a, a good back shot on Instagram. So check that out. So from the waist up, my conditioning was on point. Uh, from the waist down, not quite where I want to be. And I made two errors with my, uh, actually three, three not so much errors, but I know where I need to go with my lower body to bring out more quad definition. I've got big, I've got decent size legs and I've got a good quad sweep. The upper portion of my quads really flare out, which gives a nice appearance on stage. So that works pretty well, but in, I need to have more pop and definition. And I need to accomplish that by doing a couple of things. Number one, overall, you know, me and, and Melvin, my, you know, support, uh, and other people around me that know me, the, here's the consensus, more carbs. Yes, more. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I am not afraid anymore. Uh, I knew it. I knew immediately. Uh, we, after the show, I had, you know, tons and tons of food. And on Sunday, I easily took in over a thousand grams of carbohydrates along with a bunch of fats and protein. I probably took in 5,000 calories on Sunday, you know, uh, lots of carbs, basically whatever I wanted. Um, lots of starches, that kind of stuff, Cracker Barrel, you know, pancakes, French toast. Um, had uh, like chicken and dumplings for dinner, mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese. I had a chocolate bar, just basically whatever I wanted. I did, even had a couple protein shakes because I still like them. But I, you know, just ate whatever I wanted. And uh, I had easily 5,000 plus calories, way over 1,000 grams of carbs. And when I woke up Monday morning, and I know every bodybuilder says this, but I've been up, but I'm very honest with myself in my evaluation. That Monday morning is how I wish I would have looked on stage. Um, I looked super dense, super hard, super full, exactly how I wanted to look. So, you know, I sat down with Melvin, you know, we're, we're mapping out nationals and he's like, we are not going to hold back for nationals. We're going to deplete the shit out of you those last two weeks, which that's coming up. I've already started depleting this week pretty hard. The only carbs I'm having right now this week, three weeks out, is I'm having a little bit of carbs around my workouts. No, there's no refeeds or anything like that. And the only thing that I'm also taking in is I'm take, still taking in two or three spoonfuls of almond butter a day and things like that. So come next week, I will drop the carbs down to almost nothing, literally zero, deplete the living shit out of myself. And then we're going to probably double the carb intake uh, on that Friday. We may even start Thursday evening. Carb loading uh, Friday will be probably over a thousand grams or more. Saturday morning leading up to the show, we'll keep evaluating, but we're not going to hold back if we feel like my body can handle it because it's, I know me now after the, all these years, it's going to be nearly impossible for me to spill over excess carbohydrates 
24, 48 hours after loading them. It takes my body some time. It soaks it up. Like if you took a sponge and never put any water on it and then sat it out in the middle of the sun in in the desert of, you know, New Mexico, you know, and then filled it with water. That's the way my muscles soak up carbohydrates after they've been depleted. So I know that I can take in a ton of carbohydrates and just come in full and dense and hard. And so I'm going to throw caution to the wind and we're going to carb load the shit out of me on that, uh, especially that Friday. And then I'll wake up Saturday morning. And then the thing about Saturday morning is, you know, I can nibble if I look great and just kind of wake and walk, as I like to call it. Uh, or I can just keep pulling it in, pulling it in and keep posing and see how I look and evaluate. And then we'll just take it to the stage and see what happens. But uh, I'm not going to hold anything back. So um, the other thing that I did, which turned out to be a calculated error on my part, is I use a TENS unit a lot, T-E-N-S. It's these little pads you put on your muscles and it, you know, it, it gives you electronic stimulation and they're great for recovery. And um, I had put the TENS unit on my legs uh, thinking it might pull some definition uh, by contracting those muscles. But I think I went too hard because I'm, you know, I have a high pain tolerance. And I think it might have pulled some water to my quads and overworked them a little bit. And the last thing you want to do four or five days before competition is any leg work whatsoever. You want your legs fully recovered. You want, you know, you don't want any water hanging out on the surface between the skin and the muscle. So that's why you never work your legs. You know, like if you, if the show's on Saturday, your last leg workout should be like Sunday before, and then you leave them alone. And I don't even pump them up. I just flex them backstage. I I do not pump them up. I don't want any water pulling uh, out of the muscle up into the subcutaneous area between the skin and the muscle. So there is no, there's no going to, there's going to be no tens units. There's going to be lots of laying around with my feet up on pillows, elevated, rest those babies. And the only thing I'm going to be doing is posing and posing does just the opposite. It pulls the water back into the muscle and that's what we want to do. So that Saturday morning, I sort of warm up as I go. I've, I also, we also know this about me. When I went out with my first class and posed, I looked good. When I went out and posed again with my second class, I looked way better. When I went out and posed to win the overall, which I think I got second, according to the judges, of winning, almost won the entire damn thing, um, I looked my best. That's because I'd been posing, 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 posing. So we're literally going to get up as we're carb loading that Saturday morning and start posing right up, you know, pretty much right out of freaking bed. And I'm going to be good and warmed up, ready to rock when I step on that stage at whatever time I go on. So now nationals for masters division is on a Thursday, the 22nd. So my last leg workout will be like, uh, like that Friday, uh, before and we're going to leave Monday morning to go to Pittsburgh. So then I'll leave my legs alone. And then the only thing I'll do at that point is carb load and pose, carb load and carb load and pose. Try to, you know, if, if I have the ability to get out in the sun, I'll do that. The, the warmer you can stay, the better. So many little things go into this shit. So that's the plan. But, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I think apart from getting some good quality workouts in, over the next couple of weeks, I'll go into my major horrific last two week end of the road depletion of death starting Monday of next week. And then we're going to fill those bitches up with a good thousand plus grams of carbohydrates on uh, possibly Thursday night, all day Friday, and then nibble and evaluate that morning before I step on stage. And then I'm going to get my ass up there and hopefully compete with the best 50 year olds in the country and do you guys proud. So if I could walk out of there with a top three, then I feel like I've had a great season, but I'm not going there to lose. I'm, you know, this is a competition. I'm going there to fucking win. Now, if that's unrealistic, I don't care. It's what a competition is. If you're not going to win, then don't say you're competing. I'm just going to, it's not a vacation, even though this is my summer vacation. My summer vacation is usually camping out on a lake over the 4th of July. This year, 
it's sitting in a Airbnb waiting to do battle on stage with the best masters in the country. So I'm looking forward to it and uh, I'm looking forward to you guys following along. Have I mentioned following me on Instagram because I'm going to document everything there, uh, especially when we get there uh, driving up um, that Monday and pretty much everything we do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, I'm going to document that on Instagram in real time. We'll get some updates from the show. You'll get some updates of what we're doing, hanging around Pittsburgh the next day. And then you guys can see all the shit that I eat the following day. So before I start my damn off season and get my ass back home. Okay. So that's how it went down. Um, and I mentioned to all of you in the peak week episode, there's not a lot to do if you've done everything right leading up to it. And I dieted my ass off. I walked into Charlotte and felt confident. I knew I'd done pretty much everything right. Only made a couple little mistakes that I'll never repeat again, live and learn. And I will use that experience to walk into Pittsburgh, hopefully improved. I think, not, not I think, I know. Going through one show, going through the carb load, having two or three days of high calorie, more carb, fat eating, refilling my muscles, taking just that short two, three day diet break did me more good than I ever thought it would. Because I maintain my leanness, my hardness, my density, all the way through those three days of not so good eating, and then coming back into, you know, severe depletion, caloric deficit back to prep, you know, for Pittsburgh, I really don't feel like I've skipped a beat. In fact, I think I'm, I think I look harder than I ever have. So I just need to now, you know, run through that two week depletion a little harder than before. Then I need to carb load twice as hard as before and then get my ass up there and hopefully do well. So anyway, that's how it went down. And uh, I want to add, I, I threw up a, a post on in the Facebook group, the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group. If you're not a member, get your ass over there. It's a great bunch of people. And I said, uh, do you have any questions for the podcast? And you guys did not disappoint. So I'm going to walk through these rapid fire like and answer these questions unless it's stupid. And then I'll go to the next one. Um, Kyle wants to know favorite protein powders and what are your thoughts on walking post meal? Favorite protein powders is an easy one. I have two that I use exclusively. I've been using Dymatize ISO 100 for years. It's a pure isolate. I think it's amazing. Um, I am a creature of habit, so I love the fudge brownie flavor, and I love the cocoa pebbles flavor. I'm a chocolate guy. So I have one of those nearly every morning at either 5.30 or 6 a.m., every single day, seven days a week. It's still refreshing. I look forward to it. That's how I start my day. It's sort of just like when I drink that shake, it's like I've lit the match. The day is ready to rock. Here we go. Saturate those muscles with amino acids and protein. And there you go. Uh, then my other favorite is, you know, I've become, uh, I'm an animal pack, animal, you know, uh, animal pack supplement company, um, brand ambassador. And I had been taking their supplements, their pill packs and, and pre-workouts and all these things for years, literally since 1994, I'd never tried their way. I tried their way taste. You know, it's clean. It's isolate based and taste wise. I don't think there's anything better out there. And if you use protein powders to, in like recipes, like I do this simple thing that I need to film. Uh, I think I talked about it on Instagram a while back where I would literally just take two scoops of animal pack whey into a bowl just with some cold water, stir it up and make it real thick, like the th thickest pudding you've ever had in your life, almost like a paste. I'll put it in the freezer for 15, 20 minutes and literally just eat it out of the bowl from the spoon. It's just a nice break. It's a nice change of pace. It's cold, refreshing. The animal pack flavors just are phenomenal for this. And I mentioned mixing whey in with cream of rice or if you mix it with like that, that sort of thing or in a recipe or like a protein pancake. I think the animal pack whey mixes the best. I think it tastes the best. 
My favorite are brownie batter and chocolate chocolate chip. And these two are freaking amazing. So I look forward to it every time I use it. So those are the two I use exclusively. And again, if you go to animalpack.com, order all the good shit from there. They make the best supplements. Uh, if you use the coupon code RGoodwin10, you get 10% off your entire purchase. All right. Uh, walking post meal. That's completely fine. Completely fine. Sean wants to know what is your routine on show day from wake up to stage? I think I just went through that. And after, what is the day like? After it's eat and fall down. Literally, I got back to the uh, condo after the show was over, after we'd eaten with friends and family, and I just literally collapsed, laid there, and enjoyed my evening. So, uh, but anyway, the you know routine from show day wake to stage was pretty much what this podcast was. So I hope that sort of answered that. Um, what's your, Troy wants to know what's uh, the split routine and frequency? My current split leading up to and currently for both shows is um, I'm doing two leg days for the show because I want to bring out some definition. Um, so I do uh, Monday is back. Tuesday is legs, more quad dominant. Um, Wednesday is chest and biceps. Thursday is um, what is Thursday? Shoulders and triceps. And Friday is leg day two, more hamstring dominant, and we'll throw in some calves. Um, Ian wants to know, putting on slabs of muscle naturally over 40. Lift heavy ass weight consistently and pound food. Pound food. Pound food. Eat every two to three hours. Don't talk to me about intermittent fasting. Don't talk to me about blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want to hear about your autophagy, autophagy bullshit. If you are wanting to look great fucking naked and put on muscle, put on muscle, then you need to be in a caloric surplus. You need to lift your ass off and you need to incorporate high intensity techniques. Ask my clients. They know. Rest, pause, cluster sets, forced reps, heavy negatives, tons of stuff that we do to manipulate and stimulate growth. That's how you do it. And 40, man, you can still add quite a bit at 40. A little tougher at 52, but I've spent a lifetime building it. So now I'm just trying to tweak it, add a bit more where I can and maintain it. How do I maintain it? Train your ass off and push food, protein, nutrients every two to three hours. I don't do any intermittent fasting. So there you go. I just pissed off a lot of keto zealots. Um, let's see, how's reverse dieting going? I hear a lot fall off the wagon big time. Well, it's, it's, I have a job to do. It's a process. So when I look at this, I'm like, okay, I need to deplete to rid my muscles of glycogen. And then I need to overcompensate and create an environment to where my muscles will eagerly want to pull that back in and replenish that glycogen for muscular contractions. So, you know, and I kind of do that even in the off season, you know, I only really take in carbohydrates around my workouts and on, you know, one day a week uh, as a refeed. Every once in a while, I go by feel. I trust my instincts. And there are some weekends where I have two days of refeed. It's not that often, but I do it. Uh, but it's usually, I think, because I'm so used to depleting, putting carbs around workouts, ha depleting, having that refeed day, and then knowing that in competition, this is just the process, whether you like it or not. Don't whine, don't cry, don't bitch. If it's too hard, don't fucking do it. You know, it's going to depletion sucks. Being in a deficit for a long time sucks, but that's part of the process. And I wouldn't change it for a thing because the experience of competing and going through this and living to do something that's bigger than myself greatly outweighs, you know, those periods of time where it's uncomfortable. 
I could not be a guy that sits around watching Sports Center with a Miller Lite in my hand eating cheeseburgers. That life has no appeal to me whatsoever. I could never be that guy. I enjoy being the freak of the room all the time, at all times. It's just in my makeup. That's what I do. I am so fortunate to be able to do what I do at 52 years old. I just want to scream it from the rooftops, and I just shake my head when I see guys in their 40s that are fat slobs falling apart on medication, on, you know, worried about heart disease and, you know, take, taking uh, pills and they're pre-diabetic. And, you know, I'm not saying that what I do is the healthiest thing in the world, but in comparison, I'll take what I do any damn day of the week over what most people out there do. So it's, it's not an issue for me because it's what you do in order to win. Carolyn, how to be competitive in the MPC for a natural athlete. I don't know, you know, for some reason, there are some, not, not that many, but there are some out there that think if you're doing MPC, you got to be juiced to the damn gills. I never understood this. I know tons of people that don't do gear, you know, I'll, I'm not juiced to the gills. I don't, I don't do any of that. You know, I don't do that. I don't need that. I mean, Ryan, my co-host, natural, we do SARMs. I'll go right out and tell everybody that. I do SARMs. I've done, uh, you know, um, what, you, what do you call it? You know, basically, you know, there was a p- period of time where you could buy, uh, uh, you know, muscle building compounds that were completely legal. And then whenever this happens, you know, the FDA figures it out and then they ban it. So yeah, there's been times when I've taken things that were legal and then they become illegal. So then I don't take it anymore because you can't get it. So, but yeah, I mean, of the gosh, I've over a dozen people that I've trained to do an NPC show. Only one has been on some PEDs and it was such a tiny amount. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. So yeah, absolutely. You do not need to be on PEDs to do an NPC show. And if you are on PEDs, fine. I don't care. Because there's so much misinformation and lies and untruths out there about PEDs that it's staggering and most people have no idea how it works. And it really drives me crazy is when you get Billy Bob, the freaking truck driver that sits in his lazy boy, you know, clutching his core's light with his big fucking gut hanging out over his belt loop, you know, saying all oh, those damn bodybuilders are full of steroids as he's cheering on his favorite fucking NFL running back that's juiced to the damn gills because he knows there's a kid out of college that's going to try to take his million dollar contract away. Please, please. You know what? And for that matter, the, the, the drugs that a, a competitive cyclist takes, these skinny little cyclists would uh, make a competitive bodybuilder freak. So, you know, absolutely, you can compete in the NPC as a natural athlete. That's not even an issue. So, yes. Um, Did you wake up knowing you were going to get first? Were you nervous? How did it feel when you actually got first place? How do you how do you thank your family for putting up with your depleted post self post show? Um, if you read my thank yous right after the show to my amazing wife, Nancy, to my brother from another mother, Melvin Howell, my workout partners, my family, I have some of the most supportive people on the planet helping me. Uh, so I thank them continually and they know how I feel about them and they enjoy being part of the process. Um, did I know I was going to get first? Hell no. You never know who's going to show up. Was I confident? Hell yes because I knew I did everything I could do and I had goals and I felt like I accomplished 98% of them. Was I nervous? You're always nervous. Anybody that says they're not nervous before they go on a show is a liar. How did it feel when you got first place? Major relief. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was more nervous for the Charlotte show than I will be for nationals. You wanna know why? And you know, I don't lie to you people. I'm very, very transparent. I don't hide anything. I live in North Carolina. I train in North Carolina. I've competed in North Carolina for years. Um, I'm expected, unfortunately, because of what I do, people just kind of expect me to win. 
in this area. So there's a lot of pressure knowing that. Now, when I go to nationals, it's the best guys my age in the entire fucking country. <laughs> so, you know, if I were to lo and behold get first there, I'll probably pass out out of shock. Uh, but if I was to place top three and say, yeah, of all the 50 plus masters, you know, in the country, I'm one of the top, I'm one of the best in the country and I'll try again next year. It was a good season. So yeah, I was, I was nervous. Absolutely. Brian was the burger and fries, the boldest meal you've had the night before a competition. And was there any strategy to that meal over past meals? Yes, it was. Normally it's been like a filet mignon and a sweet potato. That's usually been my uh, uh, meal of choice the night before in the past. And Melvin and I sat down and were like, listen, let's fill you up. You're a big boy. And we know from past competitions, your body soaks up carbs like a dry fucking sponge. Load them. In fact, he kind of chuckled after and said, I was going to, he, he, he wanted me to have two burgers and two orders of fries is what he wanted me to have. And, but he knew I would probably not do it and I'd freak out. So he was happy just to get me to have the burger and fries. And I, and I thought about having something bold like that, but then you start to question yourself. I'll never question myself again. Burger and fries is probably going to be the deal next time. Uh, it worked out well for me. So yeah, that, that was different than past, uh, strategies. Uh, but I will do that again. Did you do a dry run? Katie wants to know. Uh, if so, how long before I've only done two shows, but I've always afraid the extra carbs are going to bloat my belly. Carbs are not going to bloat your belly. Uh, you know, hell fucking broccoli will bloat you more than, you know, rice cakes will and rice and cream of rice and, you know, all that stuff. So that's why I do no vegetables, uh, Thursday or Friday, because that bulk and fiber will bloat you as bad as anything. So, um, yes, I've done many dry runs. There's been, um, uh, a lot of times me and Melvin will practice posing on Fridays after the workout, which we usually do at 1030 AM. So there's been several Fridays where I will come into that Friday morning and eat like it's the morning of the show, do a mini little carb up before that workout, which will then transfer over to our posing. And then we kind of see how I look. And then, so yeah. Um, I've done refeeds and those little morning, uh, dry runs with carbs before posing and workouts on those Fridays to see how they do. And I've also done, a, uh, a, you know, a month or so before, uh, I'll do like a carb up on Friday and then wake up Saturday morning, immediately go to the mirror, uh, pose, see how I look, weigh myself and sort of, you know, keep it, keep an eye on how it goes. And that, that really does build confidence. Um, Pamela wants to know in the last week before the competition, how did you manage water, carbohydrates, and what kind of cardio did you do? What supplement did you take to melt the extra fat? The last weeks, plural, um, I meant did no water management whatsoever. I just kept drinking the same gallon that I always do. Carbohydrates were depleted heavily in the last two weeks, except for the carb load that I've mentioned here in this podcast. And cardio, I would do 30 to 45 minutes of fasted cardio first thing in the morning. Um, on sometimes at a very high incline, sometimes at you know at a moderate incline, uh, just to kind of mix it up. That's what I did: 30 to 45 minutes of fasted cardio. Um, I did do I did sip on some EAAs while I was doing that cardio to help preserve lean muscle, but there's no calories to speak of there. That's going to mess that up. So yeah, um, I've actually, you know, there's people out there like, uh, Oh, ketogenic bodybuilding, Rob Goodwin, da, 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 you know, you know, carbs and water depletion and sodium depletion. Listen, punchy, uh, my carb load is going to make you look amazing, but you just don't know how to do it. Uh, I don't do any water manipulations except for just backing off a little on Friday night. No biggie. I don't change sodium at all. So, you know, there you go. What exercises do you do backstage to pump up? Kim wants to know. Bands? Just bands. Push-ups. Uh, wrap a band around something and do some rows. I'll do some overhead presses, side raises. 
um, biceps curls. I'll do dips off a chair or off a stair or whatever, and that's it. I don't do anything for legs except pose and squeeze. I don't want any water coming out to uh, the surface of the skin. Chris wants to know, how's your liver doing after winning first place? I would have drank my pre-contest weight in whiskey after winning two first place finishes. If you do everything right, you won't. Because I had a little bit of bullet whiskey after the night after the show. I think I had two fingers worth with over a little ice, and that is all I wanted. Uh, my body was still too out of whack to want to get my freaking drunk on. <laughs> so... Uh, I, you know, and going through a contest prep, you know, eliminating alcohol, I, I'm having no cravings for alcohol whatsoever. I do like to have a little whiskey and bourbon and scotch, but right after the show, all I really wanted was w something cold to drink like water, uh, and I wanted food. So, uh, really no desire to drink whatsoever. I drank that one little drink and I didn't want any more after that. I remember in 2015 when I competed, I thought to myself, uh, that's back when I still drank beer. I don't drink beer at all anymore. Um, I thought to myself, after the show, I'm going to have beer and pizza. And after the show, we went to this pizza place, supposed to be this amazing pizza in Greensboro, North Carolina. I got a large pizza and this giant pint of beer. I drank half the beer and made me sick. And the pizza tasted like cardboard. So right after the show, I still think your body's kind of messed up. And I don't get like really hungry until the next morning. That's when I just want to go eat a big, huge, like pancake breakfast. Um, what are your calories and macros between the two shows? Continued deficit. Yeah, just like I talked about. Um, I ate everything that wasn't nailed down the day after. Ate about half that much the day after that. Then I started to taper down to where I was just doing carbs around my workouts again and a small refeed on the weekend and then this week three weeks out all i'm doing is carbs around workouts that's it everything else is just protein and a little bit of healthy fat and vegetables starting monday two weeks out i'll go back to hard deficit towards just protein and vegetables only and uh that'll be it i'll deplete the shit out of myself and get ready for the big carb load so there you have it. That's all the questions I have. So this podcast was a little rambling. I had no notes, didn't really prep for it, but I wanted to get this out there because I wanted to kick off my promise of doing one every single week from now on. Um, next week, we'll do another one. Uh, hopefully Jason will be back. Maybe Ryan will be back. Maybe we can get some special guests on here. Um, the carb issue or the, the carb episode is coming where we're going to dispel a lot of myths and misconceptions with that and prove to you that you do not have to be afraid of them. It's all about timing and amounts and types and how you apply them and how it works with your training and how it can make you, you know, your workouts better, how it can make your, uh, you know, your help you put your protein to work for you, how they can be protein sparing, so many good things if you use them in small, around, um, small amounts at the right times. Because really, people, this is about metabolic flexibility. It's not about being in ketosis all the time. That's not a realistic goal. And ketosis is not some magical, magical wonderland where you just constantly are burning fat like a match through paper. Body fat comes off through energy balance and a caloric deficit. And then what we want to do is we want to have the right nutrient partitioning to make sure that you're taking in the right nutrients at the right times to, to meet specific goals in the body to go to work for you to help build you that ridiculous, lean, hard, chiseled, dry, cut, amazing body that looks great naked, that everybody covets and is jealous of that you want and you can do it if you walk through the processes properly. So I think that's all we got for today. I think that covers it. That was a good little recap. That's what happened. Now, it starts to get real again. So follow me on Instagram, at the real Rob Goodwin. Join the Facebook group, Ketogenic Bodybuilding. Search for that. It's easy to find. Look for the skull logo. That same skull logo, which will be on the t-shirts and the hoodies and the stickers and the protein shaker bottles, which will be released on an online store soon. Once my web guy gets done with all that back end tinkering 
and uh, we'll get all that stuff into your hot little hands so you can rep us well. And um, uh, one last thing, I'm on TikTok. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. But I'm sorry, there's no like dancing kittens and I'm not twerking or anything like that. Is that what it's called? Twerking, tweaking, twerking? Um, it's a bizarre thing. Um, I was told, you know, you need to get on there. It's growing like a weed. Even if you just throw up videos that you've put on Instagram, just, just to have something out there, just to have the account. So I did that and I had like <laughs> 190 followers, like nothing. It was almost non-existent. I didn't really think about it. So I put up some videos and I, and I woke up last Sunday morning and I was at 190 some followers and five hours later, uh, I checked it, excuse me, I checked it again and I was at like 900 and then not long after that I was at like 1200 and then this morning I'm at like 1700. Like, what the hell's going on here? And then I look back at a couple of my posts that I did some random tricep workout post and I had like 40,000 views. And then there is another post with a back workout that had another 40,000 views. So somewhere the TikTok algorithms lost their freaking mind. And uh, a couple of my exercise, you know, videos went viral and uh you know 40,000 views later and you know 1600 followers it's growing like a freaking weed uh by the day so i guess i'm going to have to start developing content just for that platform because somebody out there likes it so yeah tiktok whether we like it or not it's a thing so <laughs> i am on tiktok under the handle real rob goodwin and uh yeah so give that a whirl um all right we'll be back next week um i'm not sure if it's just going to be me and the guys hanging out talking about shows and upcoming shows or we're going to go ahead and jump into that carb episode either way you're going to get another episode next week so if you're on itunes listening to this i'd truly appreciate it if you give me a good review not a shitty one if you don't mind and uh, follow on Spotify or whatever your favorite platform is. Look forward to seeing you on Instagram. And until next week, train hard, diet harder, and have a great day. <laughs>